What's good, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about challenges. Now, I have a basic theory, basic assumption about most people, and this includes myself. I'm no different from other people, that we basically have a certain amount of challenges that we're always dealing with. Maybe that's three challenges. Maybe that's five challenges. Maybe it's seven challenges. But we usually have somewhere between three and seven challenges that we're always fighting. And a lot of these are very much overlapping amongst the majority of people. Money, relationships, health, wealth, and stuff like that. So I want to talk about specifically replacing the challenges that you're having. Because if we're always having challenges, then it's best to have challenges that are actually beneficial instead of detrimental, right? Well, depending on who you are, you may see challenges as a negative thing. Challenges are not negative. They are whatever you make it to be. It's a challenge. It can be negative or it can be positive, depending on your interpretation of it. There are some things that are objectively bad and objectively good. Like, for example, let's say you're struggling to get customers in the door. That's a struggle. It's a challenge. Wouldn't it be a better challenge to have so many people come in the door that you have to turn people away and that's a struggle <laughs> or a challenge? And that's exactly what I mean by replacing your challenges. And the example that I just used is probably the biggest one that many local business owners are afraid of or the one that they're facing most often, which is getting people in the door. And the next one being competition, driving prices down, commoditization, etc. right? Wouldn't it be great to, instead of having the challenge of being a commoditized, serviced, or good, and flipping that to say, like, I'm so uncommoditized, I don't know how to price myself anymore? <laughs> Isn't that a better challenge to have? So I'm going to help you flip that in this podcast. But let's go back to the first one. Getting people in the door. One of the biggest challenges of many business owners How do I get people in the door? I'm struggling to get people in the door. How do I get more people in the door? Two, I have so many people coming in the door. I have to turn people away. Uh, I can't possibly fulfill all these people coming to my door. Now, the struggle of getting people in the door as a local business owner is pretty, it's a pretty standard process. (laughs) And that is, the process is you spam tactics. You don't have strategy. You don't know any direct response techniques. So you're spending a whole bunch of time interviewing these marketing vultures, people who promise you that, a prettier website will get you more people in the door or that SEO, if you were just one more spot ahead on Google, that everything would be good. Or people who are like, yeah, we'll do your Facebook ads for you. They'd be so much prettier than they are now and they'll get more people in the door. Now, maybe they can get a marginal amount of people in the door, but it would never be enough to get you to change your challenges from, I don't have, I'm insecure about the people coming in my door to have so many people coming in the door, I don't know what to do with them. So the challenges that you need to switch in order to go from, I'm insecure about the leads coming in to I have so many leads coming in, I don't know what to do. The challenges that you're having, no strategy, um, doing spamming tactics, dealing with these marketing vultures, getting you to spend thousands of dollars, doing stuff that's not going to work, or at least only have marginal um, implications. You have to replace those things that you're doing with the pain or the discomfort, the emotional uncomfortability of learning direct response marketing techniques and developing a strategy. And the overarching strategy is pretty simple. How do I get my advertisements to work better than my competition? If you have a lot of competition in your area and you're a commodity, how do you spend so much money for a customer that the competition becomes irrelevant? And that's the basic strategy, which is to say, my marketing is so good that I get to spend double the amount for a customer, which means that instead of seeing my ad, instead of seeing the other people's ad, they're seeing my ad because I'm spending double the money and I'm waking that, all that money back plus some because I've gotten my churn and my average customer value up as high as possible. And the way to do that is to learn direct response marketing techniques, 
which is something that I could not explain in a very short podcast. But if I had to boil it down, it's about getting people to raise their hand and provide value to them up front and continually providing more value to them as they come along their journey to whatever that is that they're trying to solve. Because everything that you're providing, even if it's just a commodity, even if it's just food, you're solving somebody's need. So direct response is about providing value up front, getting people to raise their hands and say that, hey, I want this solution to that problem that I have. And speaking to that issue as best as you can and providing more and more value to them until they become customer. Instead of being a mercenary and going out there and trying to get people to commit to you right off the gate. And that's how you go from insecure about your leads being a challenge to I have so many leads, I don't know what to do with them type challenge. And the next challenge, which we'll move on to now and which I kind of already played with a little bit, is commoditization. Commoditization is a real thing, man. And it's the problem that I've been suffering with for the vast majority of my life. I've always been wondering, like, how would I separate myself in the competition? And every side hustle that I had, every small business that I started, I was just, you know, a commodity. And as a result, I was just, you know, <laughs> trying to be the lowest priced person I could be. Because that's how you win when you're a commodity. You have to be the lowest priced person. The second lowest price doesn't matter. Only the lowest price. Decommoditizing yourself is about providing value in a unique way to the point where the price structure does not matter anymore. Like, you're still providing the same core thing. Let's say you're a gym, a low-cost gym specifically. A low-cost gym, you spend 30 bucks a month on a membership. And people who are looking for a gym, they don't really care if they're in the low-cost gym area, which gym they go to. They're going to be like, hey, whichever one is the closest and whichever one is the cheapest. And if you want to decommoditize yourself, you have to go from, hey, I'm just providing this gym area that you can work out in. And you have this facility and that facility and this facility. And we're located here to saying, hey, we're dedicated to your health. Not only do you have this facility, you have this to help you with your health, this to help you with your health, and this and this and this. And then you stack the value so high that your competition looks like they're just doing anything or doing nothing besides providing the gym, which is absolutely true. And the people who are actually committed to the health, they're going to appreciate those bonuses and they'll be happy to pay more for it. And that's basic decommodization. It's about building an offer that is so irresistible to where your price you cannot be compared to the other people in your space. And the same thing applies to pretty much everything. Let's say I want to get a date. I love talking about dating examples. So trying to get a girl. When you're a dude, a young man specifically, you're most likely a commodity. <laughs> you're most likely a commodity. You don't really stick out. You don't have any status. You don't have any money. You don't have any cool stuff. So how do you do that? You have to go out there and try to gain that stuff as much as you can. Or, you know, dress nicely. A lot of dudes spend a lot of time learning how to dress nicely. That's something I'm learning how to do right now. It's kind of painful and expensive. But yeah, learning how to dress properly, how to take care of your hair, take care of your skin. All this stuff is an attempt to become decommoditized, to become somebody that sticks out in the dating marketplace so that you can get the girl that you want. You can even decommoditize a pizza if you wanted to. When I was a kid, there was this place called Pizza Inn. It still exists, but it's been bought out. And then they're pretty much like a regular pizza place now. But back in the day, when they weren't a franchise, they had this cookie pizza. Yes, you heard that right. A cookie pizza. And they also had a pudding pizza. So freaking good, man. I was thinking about this last night. I was just, my mouth was just watering. My mouth was watering right now as I'm speaking about this. But that was the reason I came to that restaurant. The only reason I came there, I would get my regular pizza. And the pizza was good. It wasn't like awesome or anything like that. And the prices weren't all that expensive but they had this pizza this cookie pizza and this pudding pizza 
And as long as they had that, I went to that restaurant to get pizza. When I was, I want to say, 13, 12, maybe 11, they got bought out by some guy who thought he knew better. And they took that stuff off the menu. They took the cookie pizza and the pudding pizza off the menu. I was like, fuck you. I'm never coming here again. <laughs> and I've never been back there ever since. And I will never go back because the pizza wasn't worth it outside of the pudding pizza and the uh, cookie pizza. So you can even decommoditize pizza if you want to. Because who's going to compete with a cookie pizza and a pudding pizza? Absolutely nobody. If you own a pizza joint and you have a cookie pizza or a pudding pizza, please hit me up. I will fly across the country to eat it. But yeah, that's how you decommoditize yourself and replace the challenge of, hey, I have to compete on low prices to, hey, I'm providing so much value in a unique way that I don't even know how to price myself anymore. There's nobody to compare myself to and I can price myself as much as the market will bear and I don't know what that is. I'd rather have that challenge instead of having the challenge of having to continuously cut prices because of my competition is doing the exact same thing that I'm doing. That's all I got to say for this one. I'll see you in the next one and peace out.